How you doing, folks? And welcome to the Green Machine Podcast. We're here with the penultimate 2002 series episode. Martin, it's it's coming towards the end. Um, I'm going to miss this. I've enjoyed doing this. Ireland versus Saudi Arabia, our watch back. This yeah, is special, wasn't it? This was special. I mean, this is the one time I think we know we knew we were going into a game that was a lot of pressure. We needed to, to get a result. We knew it was all in our hands, basically. And I just can't imagine the pressure that the team were kind of under because Saudi Arabia were hammered in the first game, obviously, by yeah. Germany. But going into it, you know, they, they they acquitted themselves quite well against Cameroon and only lost 1-0 in the second game. And it's always tough when you know what you need to do and that it's enough. Um, so, you know, very admirable performance and some brilliant goals as well. Uh, you know, fantastic night in Irish football, this one is definitely. Yeah, and I mean, a little bit like Cameroon. So Cameroon were the African champions. Saudi Arabia had been the runners up in the Asian Cup just a couple of years ago. So, like, they weren't a bad team. Like, they really weren't a bad side, Saudi Arabia. Now, the thing with them was, and just a bit of research that I'd done, so their kind of star man was Sami Al-Jaber. And he was missing for this game. I think he was injured. Um, he was injured kind of early on. So he he was their key man. So going into this, we knew that we, we were getting the Saudis at a good time. I mean, two losses on the thrust. Um, an absolute hammering from Germany, who we managed to draw with, and then their best player gone. So, you know, we 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 did kind of fancy ourselves. The 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 thing as well, like I mean, the whole narrative in the build up was that we had to win by two clear goals, wasn't it? And I mean, Cameroon were playing Germany at the same time, and and we were keeping kind of a keen eye um, on that game. Now, spoiler alert, of course, we I'm sure everyone knows that we went through, but just before we go through the Saudi Arabia match, Martin. That Cameroon Germany match, um, <laughs> unusual one, wasn't it? Sixteen yellow cards, two red cards. It's it's still a World Cup record, as far as I know. Yeah, this that was incredible. I mean, the only thing is, uh, I've, I've only just looked that up now, already and seen that because sadly, when you're over there, as I was at the World Cup, waiting for this game and knowing it was in our own hands, we didn't have access to phones to know what the scores were in the other games. We had yeah. no means of knowing that, and all we knew which is quite nice actually in a way I've been in stadiums and you're checking anxiously the other scores from the games. And this was something that we couldn't do. Um, so look, we were, we were completely in the dark of what, what was going on in the Germany and Cameroon game. All we knew was what Ireland had to score two and win by two goals. Um, and, and so it was in our own hands and I just, the relief was there when we obviously went and done that and yeah. obviously grabbed the third as well. But yeah, look, it was it was actually quite nice thinking back now. I don't know how I'd cope with that scenario again, to be honest. <laughs> it was all about the the two goals, though, wasn't it? I mean, ju- just to put it into context there, Germany had Carson Ramelow. So I don't know if people remember Carson Ramelow. He would have played for, for Bayer Leverkusen just a couple of months before in the Champions League final. So he was sent off after 40 minutes, two yellow cards, very, very early on. So, I mean, as I said, like if you're watching this on telly and you're aware that this is happening, it would have been very, very tense, wasn't it? Because that was a good Cameroonian team. Like that was an excellent Cameroonian team. I mean, you would have had Samuel Lecce, you would have had Patrick Obama, Lauren, um, Jeremy, all those lads, Mark Vivian Foe, of course, as well. So I mean, you know, um, they they would have fancied their chances. You know, they would have fancied their chances even with um, you know, even though that they they went down to ten men fairly soon after, but. The, the big narrative was that we had to score two goals. And in the lead-up, I think a lot of people were looking at that Germany game saying saying that this team are, are going to concede a lot of goals. Like, ju- just to go through the Saudi lineup now, loads of household names here, Martin. Um, 
But actually, funnily enough, the first man on the team sheet here, Mohamed Aldai, do you remember he was linked with United years ago? Yes, I do yeah. remember him, yeah. So this guy was kind of, um, he was the captain of Saudi. Well, he was actually the vice captain of Saudi Arabia, but but Al Jaber, who I, who I mentioned already, he was he was injured, so he didn't play. But this guy um, was something of Saudi Arabian footballing royalty. Um, like he got nearly 200 caps, I think. And, and he scored a few goals at club level. I think he used to take the free kicks and the penalties and that kind of thing. He was a bit like, um, remember Schilvert, Jose yes, Luis Schilvert. Yeah, so, yeah. so he was, he was an obscure one. Didn't have a great game now against us or against Germany. Um, didn't have a great world cup at all. I, I'll, I'll die. But I remember being linked with, with United when Peter Schmeichel left, just to go through the rest of them. Um, again, not, <laughs> don't think anyone will, will be too familiar with these guys. So rated two car, uh, Fuzi Al-Shari. Abdullah Zabu Mawari, Mohammed Al Janini, Hussein Salamani, Nuaf Al Tamiat. I think he was one of their key men. I think he he played in a few World Cups. Um, Ibrahim uh, Al Sahrani, Kamas Al Dasari, who who when I was looking through the team there, he actually died uh, two years ago uh, in twenty twenty. Um, and Mark Vivian Foy, of, of course, as well of Cameroon. So so two players um, from that group who are no longer with us. Um, Abeldizi Kataran. Al Hassan Al Yami, and then the substitutes were Mohammed Al Shaboud, uh, Abdullah Juman Al Dossere, so another Al Dossere, and then Ahmed Doki. Um, so again, Martin, some of your your household your, your household names. names. I told you, I told you that story that like I, I had this little supplement um from one of the papers anyway, and and you know would have had all the the squads or all the names of the players in each squad and i was looking through the say the arabian one and i was like why are they all called al <laughs> i was like like big al or something you know i thought they were all called alan i was a bit confused on that because literally all of them of course just just the arabian names and then the irish lineup so this is a little bit easier to pronounce and i can probably do this a bit quicker so shea given and goal steve finn and gary breen steve stodson and ian hart the defenders gary kelly mark kinsella Mar- uh, matt holland and kevin kilban in midfield robbie Keane and jamie duff up front and then Niall Quinn, Jason McAteer, Lee Carsley came off the bench. So again, one of the finest teams that we've had um, in the last couple of decades anyway. So tell us about the build-up of that match, Martin, because of course you were over there. Yokohama, so the, the same venue as the World Cup final that year. Yeah, this was this was really, you know, we really looked forward to going to this one because it was the venue of the World Cup final. And, um, you know, with the World Cup's in full flow by now, the games at this stage of the competition, the last group games, are at the same time as well. So there's no yeah. corruption. Um, so <laughs> it, that was that was something that we knew it was going to be happening, and and yeah, we we knew it was in our in our hands and stuff. But I just remember it's just outside Tokyo, the, the stadium, and I think we'd gone past it. I think on the bullet train on previous kind of trips and some of the tourist stuff we'd done. But absolutely brilliant to go there. Um, just incredibly tidy around the stadium, really well organized, very friendly, you know, the camera phones out in full force. Um, the night before, actually, I do remember this, um, in a very dubious establishment where I won't go into too much more about that, but um, <laughs> they, we were uh, joined by two Saudi Arabian FIFA kind of representatives, I suppose, you know, with all the Saudi oh, Arabia uh, FA badges on their suits and stuff. And we went over chatting to them probably hoping to get a drink of them to be honest but um, I remember they gave us a lovely little Saudi Arabia pin badge which was really cool at the time I remember so yeah we left them to it I think they were going to be full in uh, enjoying the full delights of the yeah. establishment slipping um, slip, slip a few brown envelopes to the referee yeah, I think so um but no that, that was absolutely 
you know, a, a great night as well because every night on, over there at the World Cup, you'd be going out watching the games, you were doing the tourist stuff if you wanted to. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was basically, we were planning our days over there around the game time and um, really excited for this one. We knew it was in our own hands. We knew if we qualified as well that we'd be going on to, um, you know, South Korea basically. So this was a real kind of tentative moment for our World Cup experience because yeah. if it didn't go well, we would be getting a flight home and, you know, we were just thinking, God, how are we going to plan this? Again, I can't emphasise enough. It was before, like, even ease of use of the internet and stuff. So we would have we would have had to go. We were planning that we had to go. I think it was whoever our, you know, our South Korea Air, I think it was, um, we would have to go to their offices to get um, check flights changed and stuff. It was like travel agents, basically, yeah. to see when could we could go. And also we had no accommodation booked in South Korea. So it was all trying to do it in the you know, an absolutely foreign country for you and knowing, trying to find out where we had to go. Um, trying to second guess yourself almost. Yeah, yeah, because we otherwise we were heading to the airport and trying to get open flights back, um, which we ended up doing from South Korea later on. Spoiler alert. But um, that was that was the situation we were in um, because we had actually booked tickets all the way to the final with Ireland got there. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, would, you, you had a credit on the, your account. So, again, it was just kind of logistically, you had to be quite organised with it, but that obviously went out the window most nights when you're out kind of watching the World Cup in the bars or whatever and enjoying yourself. So Yeah, the budget probably took a bit of a squeeze yeah, there, Martin, I'd say. It certainly did. I mean, I remember like just coming in most nights and queuing up like to use the kind of mobile, you know, to use the phone in the lobby of the hotel and stuff or, and, and running up like if we were in quite inebriated, sometimes you'd go to the extent of calling from your room and having these long chats back to kind of home and stuff to people you were calling girlfriends and things like that at the time i think and i remember just getting the bill at the end it was like horrific (laughs) oh man i was gonna i was gonna say simpler times but it really wasn't it really wasn't (laughs) much more awkward back then yeah oh massively awkward it really was like you know i remember we've been in the lobby most times when we came in and and lads were coming in because they're all staying in the same hotels and it was just a credible city and everyone really enjoyed it to be honest and this was perfect kind of setting for us because we were based in Tokyo it wasn't a massive travel to go to the game um I think it was just even like Tokyo is fantastic as a city I mean we went to Disney World I think even the team I think had a day off and went to Disney World there um it's absolutely brilliant like I'd never done Disney World before so it was amazing and, and these massive big wheels and I remember just in Japan anyway just everywhere is obsessed with um baseball baseball pitches yeah, everywhere yeah. and huge there, yeah. it. absolutely huge and you know even the tv at the time was um you know in your room you were trying to catch world cup games and stuff i mean they had a force a forces channel basically it was like in order you know the, the, the war stuff basically yeah. in american tv Jeez. it I was mean, all that david would have been in his element he would have absolutely loved that trip yeah. you know god if he could time travel um he certainly would have loved that um but you know like even like, it's just baseball is 24 7 on, on tv they were obsessed with it there. And, um, you know, luckily, as I said, like we were passing all these places and passing the stadium because we were centrally based um, around Rapongi and things like that. Iconic places are great photos and videos of the Irish players, of our Irish fans celebrating on steps outside these bars and stuff, stopping traffic, just all great natured and um, really, really good crack over there. But, you know, this was, we kind of had our kind of goodbye to it because we knew if we were, we knew we were going to be going on, hopefully, if we got the result. Yeah. And that was the pressure cooker we were going into, then going to Yokohama. 
because even if we progressed, we would have stayed in Korea, wouldn't we? So it was it was really yeah, good we for been, Japan. Yeah. yeah, I think even yeah. the semi final would have been in Korea as well. So unless we got to the final again in Yokohama, we would have we would have been completely away. I I was in school in case I haven't mentioned it a million times, but um, this <laughs> this hop. yeah, but this was the special one for me. Like I mentioned, like the the Cameroon match I watched in bed, uh, the Germany match. My mom had a big party in the house, and we all ended up playing a big football match out on the road and nearly missing the goal. But but this one, so the primary school I went to, um, St. Oliver Plunkett's in Malahide. Um, at the time, I think it was the biggest primary school in Ireland. It's it's been overtaken since. And we all got taken into the PE hall, like many other schools and, and many other students did back then, you know, once they weren't doing their leaving cert like David. And then um, we were brought into the PE hall. And I'm not joking. There was, God, there must have been 1,500 kids packed into the PE hall with, with this big, massive screen. And like looking back now, Martin, I don't know how, like this is before like streams and, and bits and pieces. So I don't, I don't know how they managed to get it, but they but they did. I say all the tea. There was a lot of young young lads on the staff and I say they were just very, very keen to get it to get it in, but it was just so atmospheric because there were so many of us, and it was really, really dark, and it almost felt like you're in the stadium. It was just so special, and and funnily enough, Martin, here's one for you. The guy I was sitting beside, and I still know him to this day, um, not the same, not the one that we're thinking of, but his name uh, is Robbie Brady. Oh wow! Yeah, not the Robbie <laughs> Brady. Robbie Brady is actually the same age as me. But no, a different Robbie Brady, a different Robbie Brady. But the guy I was sitting beside was Robbie Brady. And the whole time, because we were two big football fans, both on the football team and stuff. And, you know, the whole time we were like, we have to score two goals. We have to score two goals. Like, you know, we were probably two of the biggest football fans in the class or whatever. But mm-hmm. it was just so atmospheric. Like, I mean, whatever. 1,500 screaming kids. Half of them probably hadn't a clue what was going on. And just, you know, all the teachers absolutely breaking it. But it was incredible. I mean, it was incredible. You felt like you were there, Martin. Yeah. You know, I think uh, that's the only way I describe it. Like, and, and even looking back now, um, like you know, it's it's twenty years ago today. Um, it was it was one of the best days of my life. Definitely one of the best days of my childhood. It was just magical. You know, it was just magical. And I remember, um, I had a teacher called Mister McDonough. He wasn't my teacher that year, but he was one of the people responsible for for setting all this up. And he was singing the Gary Breen song. Yeah. And it was just, and then we were singing it for the rest of the day because he'd been singing it, and it was just, oh, it was just magical. Like, I mean, I can't really describe it. I mean, I was, I was ten at the time. Um, I mean, anyone around my age or a little bit older, and you know, if, if you've those memories of getting brought into a hall or you know the TV yeah. getting rolled into your your classroom, it was, it was just so so special, and you know, something I, I remember so vividly, um, considering it was twenty years ago today. So we are going to watch the match back, just like the um the last couple of matches. Now the audio. It has been hit and miss uh, for the Cameroon match. It was okay for the Germany match. I don't think we could hear it at all, but we're going to try it again anyway for Saudi Arabia. Um, so we are going to, as I said, like the, the last couple of episodes, what we've done is we've thrown on the highlights. We've watched them through. We've done our little bit of commentary. We've done our little bit of analysis and we try and watch it as always live, even though we know the results and we know what happens, but, um, but uh, yeah, we'll see how we get on. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to launch into it there now in a second. So on first glance there, Martin, uh, Steve Finnan absolutely shitting himself in the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think actually the players here have said that this was, they were very nervous about this before the game, which yeah. rightly so, you know, you'd have to think that as well going into this. This is a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. And a must win. I mean, it's one thing yeah. trying to get a draw, but a must win. The one thing I noticed there, Martin, actually in the crowd, just all the, all the cameras going off. You know, the flash is going off. 
Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's something that's... you don't really see in matches anymore. It's not, no, it's, no. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Making the shorts and the, the top, geez, he was, um, say he was nervous for that one now. That was, that, that was pressure time, wasn't it? Yeah. Because yeah, this is all, this is, you know, you'd Saipan, you'd all the bits and pieces, and it was leading up to this moment, really, wasn't it? Because this was the, this was the test to see whether or not they responded to that and they were able to progress without Roy Keane. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. And as well, we're, Ireland wearing all green. I'm not 100% a fan of that, but um, <laughs> the, the, the shades are different. It's, it's a little bit, even some of the footage you see of around the camp and stuff from the photos from this World Cup, you can see they still did all that, um, you know, they all wearing kind of shirts, weren't they? It was just kind yeah. of tradition that Ireland players would wear their match shirts and things and parts of their kit. It was like all thrown together, proper like old school. Now we have a different yeah. jersey and training top every yeah. night yeah. of the week. Great, great ball there from great Steve Staunton. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, wasn't it, that goal? Fantastic. Yeah, what's what's funny with this is is obviously Robbie does his little trademark celebration here. Yeah. And you see him kind of start pushing the lads away, pushing the lads away because he wants to do that bow and arrow thing. <laughs> he wanted the photograph. Yeah, he, he wanted his iconic moment basically in the World Cup, which fair play, he was 21 at the time. And, you know, that, that's what he wanted to do. And later on, obviously, we'll see Daffa do the same. But yeah, look, this, this was it. You know, it was good to see him do the cartwheel thing as he usually did. Yeah. But he obviously had something planned here to kind of, you know, this is the kind of image that you're going to put in of me celebrating this. Oh goal yeah, here. it's going to be on the front of every book and DVD kind of thing. The build up though, like the ball from Stan, you know, the switch from Stan, and then Gary Kelly kind yeah. of the volley cross, and then Kino with the volley off the off the shin. Excellent finish though, and full of confidence, wasn't he? Yeah. But what a lot of people forget about this just after. I mean, we're going to see it ourselves in a few minutes. The Saudis really came at us, didn't they? Like, they had a few good chances. They did, yeah. Like, we scored early, and that would have settled a lot of the nerves. And you've got a long time to go then with, you know, trying to trying to get, you know, that, that essential second goal. And, you know, you've got to remember as well the conditions here. Like, it's absolutely lashing down as well. Yeah. You know, Shea given good, comfortable save there early on from a long-distance shot. But, you know, that that's something that you've got to be wary of at that level. And the, the ball as well, like, I mean, David uh, kind of discussed it on a previous episode, didn't he? I mean, it was it was a ball that just kind of blew and didn't didn't Shea Given give um, give Oliver Kahn a oh, great chance there for Saudi Arabia, actually, um, Shea Given saving, but didn't, it didn't uh, give and give Kahn the tip to fist the ball, you know, if it yeah. was raining. Yeah, and he does that then from the a, a kind of caught a free kick in then later yeah. on. But I mean, look, I'm actually surprised looking back at this, how open we were and how many chances they had, you know, after our goal, it kind of it would have settled the nerves, yeah. but we really, we were really under the cosh there. And, and it's nice to see, you know, Shea holds one then and he's kind of trying to calm everybody and, you know, proper showing leadership then. He would have only been quite young then, wouldn't he, Shea Gibbon? But he's only about 25, yeah. yeah. I mean, like the Saudis are out, like, let's not forget. And they just, they just kind of went for us. They wanted to go out and hide, didn't they? And, yeah. and um, you know, we, we, we really let them back in. I mean, I forgot about this. Now I watched the game back. Oh, geez, you see, Given just fisting it there yeah. again and then catching. He was very good in that game now, to be fair. Now, I, I watched this game back and fall about two or three months ago. And what kind of struck me was every time Shea Given got the ball into hand, he'd be rolling it out to Steve Finn and Irene Hart. Like, it was it was brilliant. He was just playing it out from the back. It's half time there, actually, on the on the highlights. Yeah. Very, very quick, isn't it? But, yeah, um, yeah. But, but it was all just playing out from the back. It was a great brand of football, really, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you look at that first half, though, they had a lot of... They had an incredible amount of chances after our 
um, you know, after our early goal. And yeah, they they they, they did really well actually. Looking and back at it there. Just looking at the footage there, and I mean, geez, the pitch looks miles away, doesn't it? Because it, it, there's an athletics track around it, isn't there? And they just kind of patched it up with, with green carpet almost. But um, that couldn't have been easy to see, Martin. No, no, it was. It's one of them ones. I don't really like them stadiums, you know, when you're miles away. Because the Olympic Stadium, I think, in Rome's a bit like that. You're absolutely yeah. miles away from it. Hard to generate the atmosphere and stuff. But I said, we followed the team and... and a lot of our fans had done so as well. You know, like J- Japanese fans had kind of adopted Ireland and were going to the games. We met people who were sitting around the same seats as them. It was quite nice, though. If you look back at the footage of this World Cup, you see so many Jap- Japan fans actually wearing, the locals were all wearing Ireland shirts and stuff. So brilliant to yeah. see. Chance here for Robbie Keane turning his shot. Yeah. And it's just wide. I don't mean to go into commentary mode there, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of happens. Yeah. Look, I mean, this is yeah this, this is there is like i'm just looking even the flags are billowing in the background there it's they're, they're, the conditions weren't helping and, and yeah you know the, the longer these kind of games go on and then obviously you're you, you've got to win by two goals you you the, there must have been a bit of panic stations coming in here because yeah very greasy surface like yeah yeah very very yeah there's oh Coban they're getting a very soft free kick to yeah. be honest i think this is one we score from yeah spoiler alert yeah, yellow card there as well. No, it was um, you can see that like McCarthy's instructions were just have a go at them, just just do what they did to us in the first half after we scored. It was just yeah. have the onslaught now. There it is, brilliant goal, Gary Breen. I mean, puns intended here, Nick, you know. Uh, He'd have dreamt of that, Gary Breen. <laughs> Link, free agent at the time. And we've mentioned yeah. this loads. I mean, linked with Inter Milan, linked with Barcelona. He failed the medical in Inter, didn't he? And apparently he was very um, hard done by with that. He said the, whoever the doctor was was a bit of a quack and said anyone else he would have passed that. Went to West Ham and it didn't really work out. Unusual goal, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was for a defender. Yeah, like, you know, what a moment over him. Like, you know, yeah. he, he was a very influential and key player for us and you know you can see the relief there Shay given you know absolutely celebrating like mad because I think yeah. although they'd had chances and stuff I think you can kind of control it when you've done your job and you've got to the two goals within the hour you could you, you're kind of hopeful of controlling the game now you know that that, that would be the that would be that the optimistic yeah. thing for the team. and then and any Saudi enthusiasm from the first half just kind of died out there didn't it yeah. and the thing is like what a lot of people forget as well Steve Staunton the first goal the little switch you know, the long ball into Gary Kelly and then, you know, setting up the second goal. You know, this is a, a creative display from Stan. Oh, chance there for Niall Quinn. Volleyed it with the left foot over there. He should have taken it down, Quinn, really, shouldn't he? He should have, yeah. It yeah. would have been spectacular if he got it. But, I mean, this was like, you know, we've, we've been starved of this for a long time now, watching it back. I mean, really good attack and play. Like, we yeah. were really brave in this and oh. fluid and really going forward. Like, our, our fullbacks and our wingers, Mick let them play like their, their instinct yeah. was to drive at the defenders and create things. It was brilliant, like to very see. direct. Oh, great goalkeeping there. Yeah, a soft goal to concede, yeah. but look, this was this is a special moment as well. I love this goal. I, well, I love the celebration, I think. Yeah. Soft goals very, concedes the very bell, late yeah. as well. 87 minutes. This is 
we know now we can celebrate um you know yeah. it was you know a fantastic like moment look at looking the replay it's great ball from a holland isn't it yeah. weaker left yeah. foot yeah and duffer was it like i mean he was one of the you know he's probably probably our player of the tournament really wasn't he so for him to actually get the goal was special you know goalkeeper, yeah, he, goalkeeper he, makes the balls of it but look he was as well abs- he was absolutely loved as well by the japanese fans and stuff like an yeah. exciting winger you know tricky skillful like street footballer basically and you know even looking back now it would have been an absolute travesty if his performance in the world cup hadn't resulted in a goal for him you know yeah I'm glad he had his moment duffer because that was that was really special and i actually Gonna give a mention as well. I love the wristbands. I don't know how we yeah, know, yeah. What our players wearing them. Brilliant. Full, full time there. Three nil to Ireland, and we go through to the last sixteen. Yeah, the wristbands. Yeah, geez, I remember them. I remember the other thing. Then I, was it Gary Breen and Kilban got the buzz cuts. They went to the same barber right, yeah. or whatever and got got the buzz cuts because it was on the news. It was like a news feature or whatever, which was which was strange. But um, no, just just a few minutes ago, I was saying about Stan, like a fantastic creative performance from him, wasn't it? You know, an, an assist and then. I don't know if we can call them secondary assists, but uh, <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of vintage Stan, except he was playing centre half. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, no, this was brilliant. The relief you can see of the players there going around after as well. Um, but job done. We're into the next next round. Um, you know, bit of redemption as well for Mick. We come through a very tough group. Germany were no mugs at all, um, and we're undefeated in it. You know, that, that's a hell of an achievement. All right, we. We rode our luck a little bit with Germany, and even in every game, the other teams had a, had chances against us. Shea Given was fantastic in most of the games as well, yeah. um, and, and you know we got there. And, and you know, fair play. Imagine the pressure they were under, um, and, and it's oh, good. Yeah. Like the goals are being shared around as well. We were just very attack minded. Mick really had got this team gelling that they were going to go out on their sword, basically. Um, and, and yeah, look, I actually looking back now, that goalkeeper shirt from Shea Given is fantastic as well. It's, it wasn't, it's like it's actually got the, it's like a training top, but then it's yeah. stitched on the edge of it, which could have been the case. I've actually got that. I've actually got that keeper top. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And um, the, uh, just a quote here from Mick afterwards. I mean, just, just um, admitting that he was quite anxious about the build up. So everyone has a good time watching it. But when, <laughs> This is a great quote. But you want to try sitting in that dugout with your backside in the bacon slicer. <laughs> we played very well in the second half, but first half, after getting a great start, we were very nervous. This was a big game for us. Like, Martin, Saudi, like as I said, like Asian Cup finalists um, on the back of a drubbing and on the back of a second loss. I mean, surely things like Macedonia, Liechtenstein would have been going through some of the Irish lads' heads who who kind of experienced that. And it was bad conditions. The pressure was on. Um, they didn't know what was going on in, in the German match, of course, like that. If they knew that they were down to 10 men against Cameroon, I'd say that the, the, the nervousness would have been amplified by about 1,000. But we went through. So Germany ended up on seven points, us ending up on five points, Cameroon on four points, and Saudi Arabia with zero points. It, it was just special, wasn't it? I mean, I, I kind of explained my own experience with it. It was just a memorable one. It was just, I know people talk about the Robbie Keane goal against Germany, but that was just, that was just job done. It was just, it, it was, it was banishing. Well, not completely banishing, but it was banishing any myth that, um you know, the Saipan was going to completely affect this team. Yeah, de- definitely. And I mean, even in the quotes afterwards, look, you can all celebrate when you get the job done. And um, the team had been affected massively, naturally, by the Saipan stuff with Roy Keane. And um, it's interesting now just even reading quotes like from the, the chief executive at the time, Brendan Menton, 
you know, yeah. he he, pray, he he said Mick had done a fantastic job. It was a difficult decision to make as manager, sending Roy home. But there is no doubt now he made the right decision. It, it's easy to kind of have that comments when you've had success and you've kind of justified it. Would he, would he have said the same thing if we'd have been knocked out? Possibly not. But, you know, we yeah. came through a really tough group. Um, like, you know, it was deemed a, a group of deaf. African champions are in it. You know, Cameroon were no mugs at all. They were a really strong outfit and we actually got through. Um, I, I probably were written off um, without Roy Keane going into it. But, you know, we, we got our, we're a lot. The German result was massive, obviously, because it was the one that got it. But uh, very professional performance here. And, you know, it was brilliant for us as fans because we were just, you know, the journey of a lifetime to cliche it. But like yeah. we were, we were going on again and, and the team were and they were only getting better. That was the thing. And in tournament football, knockout football, you just didn't know how far this team was going to go yeah. because they were on a crest of a wave. Absolutely, because the fans were completely behind them by now. As I said, when we first played Cameroon, there was a few like inklings of pro Roy and things like that. All the Irish fans had put that behind them um, now because we we were qualifying. And well, was, I remember leaving the stadium. It's just pure momentum, night. yeah. Yeah, we, we left the stadium singing like Yokohama will be back because that was the dream. We were going to be back there for the final. And all right, you know, that's optimistic, of course, but... You know, there was nothing stopping us, to be honest, and we were just on such a high. And we had a fantastic night that night because we knew the next day we'd be travelling on to South Korea and we were saying goodbye to all our little favourite haunts that we'd been in um, <laughs> around, around you know, Tokyo and stuff. It was, it, was, it was absolutely brilliant, fantastic time. But if you think of the momentum, like, as I said, the, the Cameroon match, like the first half an hour or so, so, so shaky. And people are probably thinking, oh, Jesus, Saipan is having an impact on these lads. But then it just it just got better and better. Like, I mean, we should have beaten Cameroon. You know, we hit the post. And um, the Germany match, you know, we we were excellent. You know, it, it was end to end, wasn't it, really? But I mean, you know, we we, did, we had a few good chances. Oliver Kahn was probably the best keeper in the world at the time. And, and otherwise, we probably probably would have beaten them. And then Saudi again, you know, 8-0 loss. But I mean, there were... Asian runners up so to to get the result against them to get the 3-0 against them obviously we needed it but but it just it was just kind of a it was a progression it was a gradual progression over the few games and it was just it was just something very very special I remember actually Jim Beglin like I, as I said I watched this back a couple of months ago in full and I remember at one stage I think it's when we're 1-0 up and, and the Saudis are kind of you know there's a bit of an onslaught or whatever and Jim Becklin goes, oh, this, you know, this would have been the perfect game for Roy Keane and just to, just to get the foot in the ball and to manage it. But they, but they were excellent. Like, as I said, the highlights, the highlights certainly don't do it justice because we were just so dominant. Um, we were just so, um, we were just so controlled. Um, Matt Holland and, and Mark Kinsler were excellent in midfield. Like, they just absolutely d- dictated things. And then Robbie Keane, like I said, in the highlights, you won't see it, but Robbie Keane just kept dropping deep. And then Damien Duff will just kind of flick onto either wing, you know, from from um, from center forward, like you know. So it was just it was just a very very well structured, fluid team, and you know they were just all working in in in, in tandem, you know. So it was it was it was special though, you know. It was it was something really really special. Yeah, uh, Mick, Mick had created a fantastic bond with this team, though. You know, in in the face of adversity, basically. Like it's just coming back to me now, some of this, and that, that's you know, twenty years on, you got to forgive me for only remembering bits now. But like <laughs> we were going around like all the kind of haunts of Tokyo and stuff, and these amazing markets and stuff. And you know, um, I remember like we we ran into a few of the players. Uh, who was it? Kenny Cunningham and I think David Connolly. And uh, I don't know if Matt Holland was there or not. I'm not. I can't remember now. But a few of the lads anyway were all out there, and you know, just in shops and stuff, and just just chilling out, like enjoying it themselves. You know, they didn't get a lot of time off, but 
I do remember, as I said earlier, you know, it was a big, it was a big thing made of it that Niall Quinn was meeting his family and going to uh, off to Disney World was a big thing. I think that <laughs> might have been in the in the paper or something. I, I had don't, to I don't remember that at all. Yeah, that was a big thing. They had a family day at there, or or unless you know what, I think as we seen him at it, that was it. We seen Niall Quinn in Disney World. I'll have to check that, you know. But yeah, it is. I've ever read it. I, I don't think I've dreamt it. But um, no, it's definitely yeah. It was it was something like that. Yeah, and we did. Yeah, we saw Nalquin at Disney World. I'm remembering it now. <laughs> like he's crazy? hard to he's hard to miss, Martin. Like he's only no, based six. That, he's only based seven foot three. Like well, I probably was like I was a big kid. Was like just thinking never been to Disney, so it's fantastic. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that was it. And I think we didn't. We just said hello to him because I think we didn't want to bother him because he was with his family. I'm gonna have to. Verify that though with who else I was with, but um, oh, yeah, I'm pretty. But no, it was pretty cool around, like going around the place because you would, you you did run into the kind of, I think, wow, it's the players just just because they had very limited time off, but there was a good bond between them. I remember there was something that Adidas had these lovely trainers in this market because we were looking at them like runners, and they were there was fre- there was a French um there was a French flag version and there was an English flag version and. I remember just chatting. I think it was David Connolly or someone was. They were on about buying the English ones to wear around the camp to see what the reaction would be. Something Jesus. like that. It was like that. But um, that would have gone and, down well with Roy Keane, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Kenny Cunningham as well was our. Um, he was our honorary president of um, the Miss London at the time. I think he's he's not been stripped of it since. It's now Liam Brady, <laughs> but he was at the time, and I remember like just being really excited meeting Kenny Cunningham you know meeting the players and stuff then it wasn't often we did that but I remember one of the lads with me Stephen O'Carroll he he was on a trip with us and uh he he kind of like said oh how are you getting on like Kenny you're right because you're our president <laughs> like it wasn't our you're our club president it was you're our president and like Kenny Cunningham's just looking at him thinking what's wrong with you <laughs> I'm not a president it was, it was so funny Jesus I must remind him of that and I'm glad I put that story and I'll have to get him to listen now a girl actually that I was in school with her, her dad, um, I think he was a travel agent and he managed to get them over. Like, because I remember she missed like the last month of school or whatever, because she got over to the World Cup and, and Kenny Cunningham in a bar, like she would have only been 10 in a bar, put him, put her up on his back, I think, and started running around the bar. <laughs> Brilliant. Daddy like And Kenny good, doesn't even drink, does he? I don't think. I don't think he even drinks, does he, Kenny Cunningham? Don't th- I remember I remember doesn't you tell me, yeah, I remember yeah. you telling me a story about him that where they had yeah. some awards night and, and he was driving a few of the lads because um, you know, he didn't want to drink or whatever. He's in the like I've I I have only gym mentioned buddy, this. Gym buddy, I've only mentioned buddy. this a couple of times, but we go to the same gym <laughs> and he's some geez, he's some machine, Kenny. He's some like I oh, geez, I don't know him by first name terms, I just kind of um awkwardly <laughs> awkwardly um asking for photos and and shuffle by him kind of thing but um yeah geez he's in, he's in some shape for yeah. whatever age he is he must be 50 now you know yeah yeah but um another one actually just an obscure one lee carsley getting off the bench i mean he he was a great servant for ireland wasn't he he, he kind of been around for a good few years at that stage um an, an obscure one but you know great to see him get on wasn't it yeah, fantastic. Yeah, look, you've got to kind of use your squad as well and reward them in, in, in these kind of scenarios as well. And you know, it's only a few of the lads who didn't get a chance to play in the in the um, in the tournament. And and I think even like we look back at the other tournaments we've been in since, I always have great sympathy for anyone who travelled with Ireland and even got us there with great performances and never actually gets a minute on the pitch. Yeah, it's quite harsh, I think, on on the lads who did that because 
that's their dream as, as as footballers and professionals, and they've done so hard, worked so hard to get there, and then not to even get a minute. Um, yeah. Richard Dawn stands out there, doesn't it? Because he played a lot of the group games. He scored a couple yeah. of goals as well, didn't he? I mean, apart from that, like, you know, like Andy O'Brien hadn't really played at all, had he? And Clinton Morrison was in good form, like, domestically, but he, he, he'd he only played, I think he played in the playoff. But um, I don't think he played in any of the group matches in the qualifiers. So, yeah, no, it is it is hard for them to go that far. I don't think there was anyone else, was there? I think it was just no, the, it, yeah. yeah, I think it was just Morrison, Morrison, O'Brien, Dunn, and I think the rest of them got a twist at some stage, so. Yeah, but I know, I know what you mean. Like it's, um, you know, especially considering we haven't been at one since, and they never got to one again. So, and just, just an interesting one to see. So we are going to leave it there for tonight. So twenty years today, Ireland did beat Saudi Arabia three 0 and left us with some unbelievable memories. So we will be back next time with a slightly uh, less upbeat match. Um, as we went out to to Spain, spoiler alert, um, in the final episode of the 2002 World Cup series. So, Martin, thank you very much. Thank you for sharing your memories and your lack of memories. Um, <laughs> nothing to do with alcoholic consumption or anything, um, but just uh, just having a good time. So we'll leave it there. All the best and take care. <laughs>